You're listening to episode 75 of the Body You Crave podcast, the one where we talk about what I stand for and my core values as a business. I'm master at life and weight loss coach Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hey, hey, welcome back. All right, so as we get into the month of February, I'm going to be talking about different aspects and components of self-love because your relationship with yourself is the number one most important relationship that you could have with anyone here on earth. February is often a month that we spend thinking about romantic relationships. Thank you, Valentine's Day. (laughs) And so I want to give you tools that are going to equip you to set the foundation so that other relationships around you can improve And because self-love is the foundation for your ability to achieve any goal. So it really sets the basis for goal achievement as well as for pursuing and improving any other relationship out there. And so when you think about it too from a relationship standpoint with others, if you feel terrible about yourself, you will project your own thoughts, fears, and insecurities onto other people and assume that's what they think about you when really it's just what you think about you. And so this is going to help you to create a much deeper and a more solid foundation that you can stand on. And this is always the thing. And one of the aspects I talk about with clients, no matter what their goals are, is that we really have to focus on self-praise and self-validation. I praise and I validate myself and I don't look for other people to do that for me. I'm not looking for my husband to compliment me. I'm not looking for my kids to tell me what an amazing mother I am. I am appraising and validating myself. I'm not looking for the likes and the comments on my posts on social media. I'm not looking for how many people download or subscribe to my podcast or YouTube channel. I'm not looking at how many views I get. I am focused very much on I get to praise myself. I'm not letting some external source be the source of that. Because if I do, now I am always at the mercy of those other people, of those other things in order to prove and justify that I can feel good about myself. I get to take control and ownership over what I want to believe and what I want to think and how I want to feel about myself. Self-love is this foundation and self-love is also the number one core value of the business body you crave. So today I'm not just talking about self-love, but about the core values that I have as a coach and as a business owner, because this is what I really stand for. So my core values as a business is just what I believe. It's the essence of what I want to teach and empower other people to believe. Okay, so we're going to dive into those today. I was actually, I was at a conference last fall and we were given this assignment to really dig into and to define our core values. What do we believe? What do we stand for? Um, And what does that look like in business? It was such a great eye-opening experience. And these core values are really going to drive all of the decisions that I make in business. And it drives the content that I create both for free and for paying clients. It drives how I show up. It drives what I teach and how I teach it. It decides where I invest. This is really what's allowing me to make better, smoother, more decisive decisions. And this means that I have to go first. 
I have to start showing up with these core values in my life. And as I operate as a business structure, and that's going to help other people learn how to do that for themselves as well. So let's dive in. I've already mentioned self-love number one, but I break this down into a couple of different aspects because, and I'm going to go into it deeper on another podcast of what even is self-love. And it seems very hippy dippy. And it's like when I talk about drinking water or sleeping, it's one of those things where we're like, yeah, I know I need to do it, but I, I don't, or I don't prioritize it, or I don't think it's that big of a role. So I don't put that much emphasis on it. That's how I feel like we can think about self-love. Or at least for me, that was it for a while. And, and part of it might have also been because I was so focused on the action and taking action, I wasn't always thinking about my mindset. I wasn't thinking about my thoughts or my emotions behind it. I would always think like, I can just railroad over that and let me just do the thing. If I just take the right action, then I should get the right result. I should get the result that I want without really understanding the deeper aspects. To me, that's what self-love comes off as. It's like one of those, yeah, yeah, I know, I'll get to it, but it's really not a priority because we really don't understand the value and the true meaning that it plays in our life and in achieving a goal. Because this really is gonna help us with any goal, whether it's weight loss, running a marathon, starting a business, pursuing a side hustle, getting a promotion, any type of goal that we have, we really have to come at it from a place of a strong and deep sense of self-love. This is real work that we can be doing. And this is often the foundational work that I do with clients as we get going. And we can apply it to so many different areas. So let's just, let me break this down for you. I've got a couple of examples of what encompasses self-love or what falls under the umbrella of self-love. And one of the first pieces that I wrote down was radical self-acceptance, truly accepting yourself for who you are as you are today, for your size, shape, weight, your personality, your strengths, your weaknesses, truly accepting and loving you for who you are. And so often we want to throw in these caveats. I know I'm not perfect, as if it was assumed that you can't love yourself unless you're perfect. Or you can't accept yourself unless you're perfect. And there's a quote, and I forget who said it, but it, it's to the effect of we can't change what we haven't yet accepted. And that's the whole paradox of it is so often we have a hard time accepting things. And so we want to change it in order to feel better about ourselves. And we don't accept it because we're trying to change it. <laughs> and there's this idea and false premise that if I accept my body at the size, shape, and weight I am right now, I'm going to become apathetic and I'm not going to change it. And that would be bad. And so we just get it backwards. We have to start looking at it from, I want to pursue this goal as a form of self-love, to love myself better, to love my body better. I'm doing it from a place of love and compassion and empathy, not from shame, blame, and punishment. Okay, so this is completely opposite of what the diet culture is teaching us, which is that you've got to punish yourself skinny. You've got to take away the food when that number on the scale gets too high. You've got to punish yourself with exercise. Bonus points if it's exercise that you hate. This is an aspect that we just have to accept who we are as we are right now. And that self-acceptance brings peace. Because when I accept where I'm at right now, I'm not in such a hurry to try to get there. I don't think that there is better than here. And now I can take my time. I can enjoy the process. I can actually have fun. <laughs> I actually can allow it to take the time that it needs to take. And for everybody, it's going to look a little different. Whether or not you lose five pounds in a week or five pounds in a month, we want to start to look at what feels doable and sustainable for your body. 
And this aspect of real self-acceptance has got to be a foundational piece of I'm going to accept myself the way that I am. And now it's okay if it takes me a month to lose five pounds when really maybe in the past you've done certain diets and you could lose 15 or 20 pounds in a month. And so you might have this thought of like five pounds isn't good enough. Five pounds is too slow. But that's only because you're in a hurry to get there. You're in scarcity and urgency and that hustly energy, that hustle diet culture. Usually that shows me and 10 tells me that you're hustling for weight loss. You are trying to lose weight in order to feel good about yourself. But when you accept yourself and your body for where you're at right now, you can get out of that hustly energy. You're no longer trying to fix yourself by losing weight. You're no longer trying to feel better about yourself by losing weight because you're already starting to change the conversation about yourself. Your relationship with yourself, it just means your thoughts about you. Self-love just means thoughts about myself and choosing. When my brain wants to go into shame and pity and self-loathing and regret, I am intentionally choosing to think something different. How can I assess? What can I learn from this? How do I take responsibility? What can I control and not control? What do I want to do differently next time? I can allow then any negative emotions, but I also don't have to sit in it and have a pity party. We've got to get to this place where we accept ourselves and we learn how to love ourselves more and more every day as we're losing weight. We want to love ourselves now at the weight that we're at and all the way down the scale. This is how we start to do it. The second piece is going to be self-trust, which to me, I trust myself. I have my own back. And this creates safety. When I know that I've got my own back, now there is safety to be myself, to try and fail, to make mistakes, to try new things, to assess without shame and blame and judgment, and to really get curious and to have compassion for myself. When I have my own back, it creates safety to not beat myself up, to not talk shit about myself, to not shame and self-loathe and stew in regret. This is what it means. This is how we start to embody it. And that comes from a deep core sense of self-trust of no matter what comes my way, I will figure it out. I can figure this out. I am committed. I'm determined. And I'm going to do it. Self-trust is a part of self-love because I can't just talk nice about myself. I also have to trust myself and trust that anything that comes my way, any challenge, any obstacle that comes up, I will figure it out. There's a lot of uncertainty. There are going to be mornings when we wake up late. Mornings when we hit some traffic and we're late to the office. There are going to be times when your day's going fine, but then your child is sick and throws up all over himself and you've got to go pick him up from school. There's going to be all kinds of different circumstances that come up and you have to trust that you can follow through. And as you build trust in yourself, you can build trust in yourself around food to where you feel at peace and in control around food no matter what else is going on, no matter what kind of food is there, no matter who else is there. You now can trust yourself around food. So it has this ripple effect of I trust myself now in these moments, in these situations. This is not just to achieve a goal and to achieve a result, but to maintain it. Because a lot of this is a lack of self-trust, this fear of what if I don't hit my goal? What if I start this habit and then I break it? What if I fall off the wagon? What if I lose my weight, but then I gain it back again? And it really comes down to self-trust. And we've just broken that. And part of it is when we say we're going to do something and then we don't do it. And then we feel like we're out of integrity and we just beat ourselves up. Why can't I do it? Why don't I do the thing that I say that I want to do? Instead of understanding 
there's a very core, often primal drive for your brain and your body to not want to do certain things, things that feel out of your comfort zone, things that feel scary when there's fear of failure, when there's fear of success. And so this is where the self-trust piece comes in. We learn to trust ourselves and we build it. It's a muscle that we build and we strengthen over time. Just like with our biceps, we're not going to go and pick up 50-pound dumbbells or 100-pound dumbbells and start lifting them and curling them when we've never done bicep curls before or they've been very few and far between. We start with two-pound weights. Maybe you start with a soup can because you're like, I don't even think I can do the dumbbell yet. Let me start with this can of soup. But we build it and we increase And we build the self-trust and we look for all the ways that we can trust ourselves. We look for all the ways we have our own back. And sometimes we look at how we're going to do things differently and we can look and assess and say, oh, yep, nope, totally did not have my back there. Here's how I'm going to do it differently this time. Here's why this time is different. And really not holding yourself and keep beating yourself up for things that you've done in the past, but really understand, oh, yeah, no, I was just missing a big component. Oh, I was just missing a big piece. Oh, I just didn't have this one aspect here. That's why I didn't get the goal last time. Self-trust and then self-compassion. And compassion is a deep awareness of the suffering of a person coupled with the desire to relieve it. So we are very aware and tuned in to the suffering and the challenges and the struggles. And we also have this deep desire to relieve that suffering, to make things better. And we, so we understand the pain, the hurt, the challenges, the obstacles, the things that come about. And we just have so much desire to make things better, to calm and to soothe. And so we need to have some compassion for ourselves. We need to be able to look at and understand where are we creating unnecessary suffering? We need to look at how we've created the results we've, we have in the past and how we are going to show up differently with different thoughts and different emotions, not just with different actions. But we need to have some self-compassion because this is part of how we build in the self-trust. It's like we need all of these pieces together. This is how we build the self-love is with this compassion for ourselves and compassion for the little mini-me's that are inside of us, the little parts of us that are afraid of failure, that are afraid of success, the little mini-me's in us that have us maybe what you might see as self-sabotaging when really it's a form of self-protection. There's so many different aspects of self-love, but this as an overarching sense is like, this is what I think of as self-love. Of It's not just lip service, it's action. It's how we are thinking about ourselves. It's how we show up for ourselves. It's that just that general conversation. Self-love is what you say when you look in the mirror, what you think when you step on the scale, what runs through your mind and how you redirect it or not when you look at a photo of yourself from maybe six months ago, a year ago, two years ago. And a client of mine actually sent me a great quote. And it said, bad pictures of you mean nothing. You are beautiful in real life. Cameras can't even get the sunset. So of course they can't get you. And I thought this was such a great analogy. How many times have you tried to take a picture of a sunset or a sunrise or something in the sky that was like just so beautiful and your camera just can't do it justice? Right. Like sometimes we can get some amazing shots and sometimes we look at it in real life and then we look at what we've got on the camera and we're like, oh, the camera just doesn't do it justice. The camera's not always going to do you justice. (laughs) okay? And that's all right. How are you going to talk to yourself? This is self-love. And now we want to look at putting it into practice, putting it into action. And it's one choice at a time, one day at a time, one thought at a time. 
little by little, we build this. This is the foundation. It's the foundation for weight loss. It's the foundation for creating better relationships with people that matter to you most, professional and personal. All right. So that was number one. Number two, sustainability. So what can you do for the rest of your life without hating your life? And I was like, yep, sustainability, that is one word that sums it up. And I thought that was beautiful. It's like, yes. And in order for it to be sustainable, it also has to be simple. So underneath sustainability, I put simplicity. (laughs) So my goal was to try to pick four or five core values. And because there are so many words that I feel like are interconnected, I have these umbrellas. (laughs) So just like there's the self-love umbrella, There's the sustainability umbrella, and underneath it is simplicity. Because when things are simple, they're going to feel so much more doable, and that means that we will be able to continue to do them. Not just do it as punishment, but without hating our lives, where we can truly turn this into a habit change, a lifestyle change. So sustainability for me is key, because it's terrible to spend your entire life gaining and losing the same weight over and over again. That is diet hell. It's horrible and it sucks. It's frustrating and it's the internal toll that it takes on you on your self-confidence and self-belief and how it really wrecks both of those when you are constantly trying to lose weight only to find yourself gaining it back again because how you lost it wasn't sustainable to begin with. This is where we've got to get really honest with ourselves and look at what am I doing? Is this sustainable? Can I be consistent with this? Season to season, things might change a little bit. Things can be sustainable even though there are little blips on the radar where maybe things look a little bit different. Or a couple of years ago, something happened and I strained a muscle or strained a tendon and I was in so much pain I couldn't do anything for a week. And then the next week I went to physical therapy. It got significantly better that week. And two weeks later, I felt back to my normal self. I felt great again. (laughs) There will be times when it won't look exactly the same. But I just get right back on track. I give myself that on-ramp to get back up to the time, the weight, the amount that I was doing before. I don't expect myself to take some time off and then jump right back into things where I was previously. Okay, so things have to be sustainable. Number three, there is freedom. And I love this word. So there's freedom. You can make your own decisions and you can trust yourself to figure it out. There's freedom to try new things. There's freedom to not like certain foods. There is freedom to eat the food that you love and enjoy. There's freedom to say yes and no to any food or any drink that you so desire. And this is really key is when we allow all food, we really can decide for ourselves, what do I actually like and not like? And now we don't have to spend time and energy making food that we don't like. There's freedom to go out to eat at a restaurant. There's freedom to go to fast food. There is freedom to not eat breakfast if you're not hungry. There's freedom to have cake if you really want it. Or we had last night at Bible study this amazing red velvet cheesecake. It's fabulous. I was telling her how much we loved it. And then she told me she makes this pecan pie cheesecake. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, can I place my order now for two weeks from now? There's freedom here. There's freedom to do exercise that you love. There's freedom to set boundaries and to enforce them with love. There's freedom to say yes and no to who you want to spend time with. There's freedom to let go of trying to control other people's emotions with people-pleasing. Oh, yes, we are going to go there. We are talking about people-pleasing later on this month. Hey, there's freedom. And this is what I want. I want to help clients create food freedom, 
But more than that, I want them to feel free in their lives, in their bodies, with how they think about themselves. I, I want them to create this overarching sense of freedom and autonomy and confidence in who they are and their ability to make decisions and to have their own back when things go sideways. And the last two are fun and ease <laughs> because I feel like, number one, our journey and the process, it has to be fun. The way that we make it sustainable, the way that we, we do that, in addition to being simple, is we do it with fun. And it's got to be easy. So similar to simplicity, like it's got to be simple and it's got to be easy. It may not always feel easy in the moment, right? Like when we have that urge, it may not always feel easy to say no. I have clients do discovery worksheets after they overeat or emotionally eat, or I give them this as a tool. It may not always feel easy to look back at it. But it gets easier and easier the more we do it, the more we practice this. Self-trust gets easier and easier the more we do it. There are these aspects that we want to make fun. We want to make it easy. And we want to have a life that is fun. We want our weight loss process to be fun. We want to be doing things that we enjoy, things that we like. There's freedom to allow it to be fun. I feel like I could put fun and ease under one of these other umbrellas. <laughs> but these are two very key components. If we want to be doing anything, it's got to be fun and it's got to feel relatively easy. Doesn't mean that we always want to do it in the moment, but there does have to be this sense of ease, which is why I don't have people tracking calories and counting macros and points and weighing and measuring their food. There's got to be a level of ease to it where it can be simple. It can be sustainable. So this is what I believe. This is what I stand for. And as a business, this is what I want to help others create and achieve. And this is what I look at. How do I implement this for myself too? How do I implement this in my own walk, and my own lifestyle? How do I create more fun and ease in my own life? These have been questions that I've been asking myself and thinking about. Okay, how do I embody this? How do I implement this? What does this look like for me? What does this look like in this next phase of life? How do I make this fun? How do I make this easy? How do I make this more enjoyable? without relying on food to make me happy or food to make it more enjoyable. There's freedom there, but I also don't have to be turning to it. So I just wanted to share some of what I've been thinking about, what I've been envisioning, what I believe and what I really stand for and what as a business, as a company, what we stand for and just bring this to light. And again, we're going to be talking all about these different aspects of self-love and your self-concept, compassion, and it's going to go into some other little aspects, like I mentioned, around people-pleasing, because I think this is one thing that we can all get caught up in. All right. Happy February, everybody. I hope you all have a fabulous week. And if you would like some help working on your self-love, working on your self-concept, the self-validation, working on how to change that conversation with yourself, then I would love to chat. Whether you want to lose weight or you have other goals that you want to achieve, or you have other things you're working towards, I can help you. This is what I do with clients every single day. Whether they are trying to build a business, start a side hustle, run a marathon, pursue a promotion, create more work-life balance, really heal from a narcissistic or antagonistic relationship, create a healthier, strong, vibrant relationship with the person that they are now married to, this is what I can help you do and help you achieve. If you would like some help with this, you can schedule a free consultation at www.bodyyoucrave.com forward slash schedule. And you'll find a day and time on my calendar that works well for you. And we'll sit down and really flesh out where are you now? Where do you want to be this summer or by the end of this year? 
and I'll help you to see the real obstacles, the real challenges that are standing in your way so that you have a clear plan of what the problem is and how to solve for it. I think this is really an important piece that often gets overlooked is we have to understand what are the real problems. Because so often we are trying to solve problems that aren't really problems, or we're trying to solve for things that aren't really the issue underneath it. So often we try to solve for the food when food is not the problem. But I'll help you see what is your particular flavor of challenge. All of us are going to have these different flavors of obstacles and challenges that come up. And I'm going to help you see what yours are so that you can create a plan to overcome them. And if you would like my help in implementing that plan, then I'll tell you all about how I work with clients, what that looks like, how long, sessions, pricing, all of that. But that's where it starts is in this conversation. So that no matter what, you walk away with a clear plan of here's what you need to do. Here's the action. Here's the plan. Here are the obstacles that you know are coming. And now it's just time to get to work and to make it fun and to make it feel easy and doable and realistic for where you're right now. You've got to meet yourself where you're at in this moment today. Not be planning for future you a year down the road who might have different habits. We want to build up to those habits. This is how we can create true, lasting, successful change that is not a one-hit wonder, that's not this blip in the pan, that doesn't leave you feeling worthless and tired and shame and guilt and self-loathing. We can change all of this. And I know it sounds backwards. Some of you may be upset that I want to call weight loss and say that it can be easier, that it can be fun. And really, it's all in how we think about it. Are you open to thinking about it in a way where it can be fun, to where it can be easy? Are you open to that being a possibility? We first need to have an openness and a willingness for that. Okay, I've rambled on long enough. I hope you all have a fabulous week. Here's to creating the life and body you crave. If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop, Five Keys to End Emotional Eating and Lose Excess Weight for Life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.